And welcome back to the Film Site Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Rashid. I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about The Vanishing, the 1988 version. Criterion. Criterion Collection, the Criterion yeah. Collection uh, version. But before we do any of that, let's do the, let's do the catch-up. Uh, catch-up, the mustard mayonnaise. I got to say, that was a very efficient introduction. This is weird to me. Like, we've, we've changed the, uh, the our, our setup a number of times, like, in the past two months, and this is by far the weirdest to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because we're not even looking straight at each other no, anymore. We're at like, an angle. I'm like, yeah. It's, yeah. We, yeah. Might, we might have to fix that in the, <laughs> between the takes. <laughs> yeah. In the intro. Uh, but the, the catch-up, what's up? Um, have, you, have you seen anything recently? Uh, I started watching The Handmaid's Tale today while I was making breakfast. Oh, no, we talked about that last podcast, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I hadn't started last podcast. Uh, the cinematography for it is fucking gorgeous. Okay. It looks fantastic. I have no idea what it's about still, yeah. but it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I started watching Steven Universe, I think. We Maybe talked about that last talked podcast. Talked about that on the podcast? Say, both of those things, yes. It's, fuck. <laughs> what, is, what is time? And, and I, I was going to give a shout out to a person that didn't matter, and then during your Steven oh, Universe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, <laughs> um, I, I've watched uh, the movie Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. Oh, is that with uh, fucking Tom Hanks? Uh, Tom Hanks, um, Holly Berry, um, yeah. a couple of other uh, notable people. It's long as all shit. Yeah, it's, it's like, on it's, Netflix now. Yeah, but it was... It's like almost a three-hour movie. Yeah. But um, it's, it's, it's good enough. Like, I can't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Because it's almost three hours long, <laughs> and the movie takes place over five uh, over five centuries, so five hundred years, and you're going back and forth in time from like five hundred years ago to like two hundred years in the, in the future. But um, it does a really good job of like um, showing how uh, consequences, no, no, your actions uh, and decisions ripple through time. Right. You know? The thing that's kind of, that's what the movie wants to do, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. its concept. There's a um one one uh one instance, there's a uh, there's a guy, he's uh his father was a slave owner. He's mm-hmm. like has a whole plantation and all kinds of slaves or whatever. And the son, he's going on this voyage on the on his boat and over water and one of the um one of the slaves has got away. You know, they delivered the slaves or whatever, one of the slaves is a stowaway, he stayed mm-hmm. on the boat. And the, the slave owner's son, he uh, he sees the guy, and the slave was like, yo, just um, can, you, can you help me out? Do something for me. If you don't do something for me, then you might as well just go ahead and kill me now because right. you know that's what they're going to do to me anyway. He lets them know that it's like, yeah, I don't make for a good slave because by the, by the age of 10, I had seen almost the entire world through my, my father and my uncle. You know, So this kind of knowledge, like they just want to kill me. You know, They don't right. give a fuck what I can do. So um, uh, the, the, the slave owner's dad, uh, son goes out and tells the, uh, the captain of the ship and everybody else on the ship, like, hey, there's a stowaway, but he's really, really good, and he can actually help you on this ship. So the guy was like, all right, um, bring him on out. We'll see what he can do. And they bring the guy out, and they immediately plot to kill him. Like oh, the, shit. The black guy. And he was like, I don't care what the fuck he can do. He can be a fucking magician for all I care, but, I mean, he's a stowaway. You know, stowaway's right. a stowaway. You got to get rid of him. Um, while they're doing that, the um, the guy is like fixing up the ship and just like doing things that it would take ten men to do. He's doing by himself in like a very short amount of time. And as the captain is trying, pulls out his gun to shoot him, the the white guy, the slave owner's son, pushes the gun out of the way and lets the black guy finish. And everybody's just in awe, like of what the guy did. So they give him a chance to live. Okay. Know? Uh, but uh, later on, Tom Hanks' character tries to kill the slave owner's son, and the uh, the slave comes back and saves the slave owner's son. So now the guy is like, he's in debt to this slave now. Right. You know? So um, he finally, the voyage is finally over. He gets back to his home, his plantation with the father. And um, he talks to the father and was like, yo, I'm, um, I'm quitting all this slave shit. Like, all of that shit. Like, it's fucked up. You're wrong. We shouldn't be doing any of this. I'm burning all any deeds that I have to any slaves. I owe my life to a slave. So it's like, I'm not going to continue on to make money off of these people's lives. Right. His dad tells him, he was like, what's, what's the point? 
you know, it's like this, our whole existence, everyone around here is run off of slave labor. You can be one person that decides that you're going to stand up for something, but what is just one action, one decision, and what is one action in the, you know, it's like one, the one, entirety of the, the, you know, the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's saying like one action is just a drop inside of an ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, one decision is just a drop in the ocean. And the sun is like, yeah, but what is the ocean but a multitude of drops? You right. know, so every single decision adds on to this. But I mean, by the end, it's like nothing happens for the guy. Like the, the, the father is right. Slavery continues. The guy makes his action and he dies. Eventually, you, you would mm-hmm. assume. But the thing that it shows is just the ripple effect of him not changing anything. But his passion changed one person. Right. And then that person changed two people and then four yeah, people. Yeah, it's exponential. It's, yeah. it's kind of like the butterfly effect if it yeah. was like positive <laughs> yeah exactly it's just like the the what's the point of doing anything you know when but yeah it, 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 but it, it shows a lot yeah but everything matters even mm. the smallest inkling of something positive matters that's pretty cool yeah. i haven't seen it just because i know it's a three hour long movie you don't watch that it's, just, it's fucking it's a lot <laughs> you don't watch that no i mean it, like the the ideas behind it are, are great um ebert gave it a four out of four Oh, you know, wow. like four out of four, but then Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 66, TV Guide gave it like a 50-something. I, I, I got to say, once we get into this movie, mm. I, 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 have a, I have a like a cinematic crisis happening every time we watch a Criterion Collection movie. I, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've noticed a pattern. Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> um, but before we get into any of that, I, I watched Atomic Blonde again. I yeah. went to go see it again. Yeah. Uh, much better the second time around. All the problems that I had with it the first time, like with the pacing and everything that I mentioned, mm-hmm. completely went away when I knew what I was watching the second time. Because mm. I was expecting John Wick, uh, you know, John Wick action. Yeah. But it really wasn't that. It was, a, it was a genuine spy thriller. Yeah. So, like, once I knew that that was what the movie was, mm-hmm. the pacing issues went away completely. I think I had a lot less problems with it in the in the first time. So I I feel like my my, my enjoyment of that movie went up on a second viewing. Okay. Which happens not that often, I guess, when it comes to movies. Oh really? I always feel yeah. Like like if I watch a movie and I have a lot of problems with it, mm-hmm. usually the second time I watch it, I have more problems with it. Ah. Um. But Atomic Blonde, I noticed a lot, a lot of like the tiny editing touches that they did. Mm-hmm. I noticed like some of the subtleties that they did in, in the. In the in the one takes and the the fucking fight scenes and yeah. the music editing and all that stuff, the soundtrack was a much better listen mm. the second time you watch a movie. I genuinely had a better time watching Atomic Blonde the second time. So if you didn't okay. like it the first time for whatever reason, I recommend that you give it another go. I think it's a much better view the all second right. time. Uh, I still haven't uh, seen that. I got to check that out. It it is, it is a really good movie. Love it is a Theron. perfectly fine movie. Yeah. And I, I went. <laughs> it's a I really went, good movie. It's, it's great. No, it's really good. It's yeah, fine. It's a perfectly I mean, fine, <laughs> fun, great movie. That's yeah. what it is. All right. Uh, my my adjectives are all over the fucking place. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I want to see it though. I mean, I love Charlie Theron. I mean, it's yeah. I went to see it with one of my friends, and like she whispered in my ear every so often. It's like my levels of gay are just steadily rising throughout this movie. Oh, it, from, it looks uh, fantastic. from the yeah. movie. Nice. Yeah, from Charlie Theron. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see how you can have a woman crush on Charlie Theron. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no lie. Uh, other than that, I haven't really been watching a lot because I've been fucking busy. I started mm. going to the gym now. Nice. Uh, I've went one or two times, mm. uh, but I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. So I scheduled like a free personal training session. Oh, God, no. Yeah, for Thursday. Just I'm, I'm like better than the personal trainers. I mean, I know I'm, you are. I'm way better than that. And you know how much I'll charge you? Nothing. Free 99. Like absolutely nothing. <laughs> free 99. No, well, th- these two sessions are free. All right. So I didn't pay for them. Okay. 
Uh, the the gym just gave them to me because I signed up. Mm. Uh, so like I'll just see what this guy has to say, and then I'll ask you for help. <laughs> my, but, my my help would, would be canceling that goddamn gym membership. <laughs> like seriously, dead I mean up. I already paid for it, so <laughs> yeah. it's it's at least got a year on it. All right. The the reason I the reason I I I, I bought it yeah. is because it's it's twenty four seven in mm. the gym. Yeah. So like I don't sleep. Mm. So fucking being able to go to the gym at four in the morning is that, great. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, just so like even if it's just to run like half an hour and mm. something, it just because fuck I can't sleep sometimes. Is it um is it the Anytime Fitness? No, it's Gold's Gym. Oh, Gold's. Where's yeah. that? At? It's a uh, you know the Walmart. Uh, that's in Huntersville. Yeah, close to North Mac. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's near there. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, it's like five minutes or seven minutes away from there. Nice. Uh, but it's, it's like a small gym. It's yeah. All the machines, all the treadmills. So like I've been doing that. I've been I, I've been trying a vegetarian diet now. Okay. Uh, which is interesting because I I make fun of vegetarians and vegans all of the fucking time. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's like I vegetables are interesting if you cook them right. Yeah. Uh, so like I've made, I made ratatouille yeah. the other day. Show was fucking delicious. Oh yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just having, I'm like, it's weird. Cause like I expect like meat to be with my dinner. So like every time I eat, even if I'm full, I just feel like, I feel like I miss something. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> I eat steak. Yeah. Uh, but you don't, it's, it's been fine. Yeah. So that's, that's a new interesting thing that's been happening. Nice. Uh, it's, it's eating outside sucks now though. <laughs> what do you mean? Eating outside? Yeah. Eating like restaurants or like at oh, school or something okay, like yeah, that. Yeah. Fucking sucks. You gotta, you gotta have those uh, pre-made food. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. So I gotta like sit down every Sunday now and like count the calories and, and fucking Tupperware and all that yeah, shit. Yeah. So fuck me. Yeah. Uh, but the first week of like trying a healthier diet went went fine. Okay. So like the second week is gonna be more like, all right, now start counting the, the calories and yeah. shit. That's so. what that's what it's mostly about. It's more about the diet than the exercise. Yeah. Really. You know? Oh, definitely. One hundred percent. I mean, I have to exercise that much more because my diet is shit. (laughs) (laughs) If I just had a sensible diet, you know, it'd be great. Yeah, I'm working. uh, I have to work on getting to like a 1500 calorie a day Mm. diet. Okay. Which is, it's fine, I guess. It's it's like, I got to work on 500 deficit Mm. calorie, which, uh, you know, I'll I'll get to it. I'm not used to it, but it'll it'll be fine. Uh, Melatonin was the best thing for me. Um, Sleeping, to sleep through hunger pains. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's like it gets to like 9 o'clock and it's like you've already had your last meal. You can't go over any more calories. And if you eat at night, it's just going to sit on you. You're going to gain that much more weight. So, I mean, you can't take sleeping pills and Tylenol PM every night. So, like, uh, melatonin kind of helped me. Natural hormone. Yeah. No no side effects and that shit. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting used to all that shit. I've been editing and working. So, that's why I haven't been watching a lot of shit. I've just been busy as fuck. Mm-hmm. And it makes me, like, I want to watch movies again. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we find time. <laughs> But this is that was really cool. That's something like relatable that like everybody goes through. Like, well, no, yes, everybody goes through a point to where they're trying to be more healthy or get in shape and fitness is just like a very universal thing. Yeah, no, it really is. You know what fucked me up though? What's that? I made a delicious uh, <coughs> the day I made ratatouille, mm-hmm. delicious fucking meal. Yeah, it took me five hours. <laughs> That's so cool though. It's just like because you can't. I, I don't know. It's like whenever I'm on that big of a diet, so mm-hmm. it's like now I have to find ways to fill my time because I can't be drunk for four hours out of the day like <laughs> I would like to be. Right. So now I have to spend that time, you know, meal prepping and doing whatever else, <laughs> you know. Fucking start cooking. Find yeah. a couple of recipes. Start cooking some. Uh, there's a YouTube channel called Binging with Babish, mm. and he makes meals that show up in movies and television. Mm. So like, and he's a proper chef. Like he knows what he's doing. Nice. Uh, and so he just recreates meals from telly shows and gives you the recipe and the process on how to do them. Nice. So like, that's the guy that I've been using for my recipes lately. And so he's got a whole vegetarian playlist. 
that I'm using, and that's where I got the ratatouille. It's it, it's oh, yeah. delicious. It's fucking great. Yeah. And like I, I've been I've been I binged all of that fucking show in like a day and a half. It's R- fantastic. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. I I watch um a Laura Vitale. Laura Vitale. She, uh, she's a, an Italian lady on uh, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't make healthy food, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she makes Italian. Food. She makes Italian food with <laughs> lots of garlic and butter and cheese. <laughs> so that, that'll, that's my thing. Like I'll, I'll starve myself through like the first half of the day. I'll go to the gym and work out super duper hardcore, and then I'll come home and watch Laura Vitale, and then I'll make like a three hour meal. That's like, so <laughs> bad for me. That just she ne- just shove it. Yeah, it just, it just negates my entire workout that I had earlier. Yeah. But I'm like, now I'm even. You might as well just take like a huge lard and just like shove it in your heart. Yeah, meal. yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> those no. meals taste delicious. Though. <laughs> they do. It's so freaking good. Like fuck it, I love cheese. I love milk. I've been meaning to try this uh, Indian restaurant mm-hmm. uh, that has vegetarian nights on like Saturdays or Fridays or something. It's like a buffet. Mm. Indian food is. Fu- have you had Indian food? Yeah, I'm not a fan though. You, you're not. Oh, I mean, so I have good. shitty taste buds. So I'm yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> you know? Your your taste buds aren't cultured. No, I was, I was in California, and you could have every any kind of food that you, you could, wanted. The yeah. best of Chinese, the best of seafood, the fucking best Ethiopian. Of, yeah, so many different cultures out there, mm. and I was eating burgers and pizzas. <laughs> 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 like seriously, it was like, no. Nah, nah. Oh, you make me sad. I know, and it's like I, I understand the food is good because everybody raves about it, and I'm yeah. just like, my my palate isn't cultured enough to experience it correctly. Yeah, that's all I've been up to. I've just been learning how to, like, cook healthier shit. Nice. And, like, I made a veggie omelet today. Okay. In, like, 20 minutes. I fucking took a nap today. And, like, mm. I texted you saying, hey, we're on for 1230 instead of noon, right? Yeah. And then I said, all right, cool. I got an hour and a half. I'm going to take a nap. Mm. And you know what happened after? I laid down on, on, like, my floor, put an alarm down, and the power went out. Oh, shit, that sucks. And I was just like, ah, oh, well, fuck, can't take a nap now. Don't have an alarm clock. going to be asleep. Mm. Power came back 20 minutes later. I mean, you could use your phone. That was dead. What the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I only have one charger now because my car charger broke. Oh, and oh. I, and my, well, oh. my car charger wasn't the iTunes one. Oh. It wasn't the iPhone one. But mm. to your joy, yes. uh, my, my original iPod, I, I, iPhone cable is yes. fucked. How? <laughs> it, just, it just started peeling at the base Good. like every fucking iPhone Good. cable does. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> Yes. It happened like I saw it like three weeks ago when yeah. it started happening. I was just like, ah, oh, fuck. How long till I have to tell Chris about this? <laughs> <laughs> because, like, it didn't make sense. I'm like, how is this cord so perfect? <laughs> I, um, uh, I, I seen a movie on, on Netflix called Southside with you. Southside. Southside with you. It's, um, it's about Obama. And, oh, I thought um, you said you watch a movie called Southside with me. The name oh, is Southside with you. With you. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't remember this, I but go on. <laughs> yeah, um, it's called South Southside with you. Um, it's about uh, President, well, former President Barack Obama and uh, Michelle, mm-hmm. and going on their first date. So the the movie is like an hour and a half, but it just starts from him picking up Michelle till the end of the date, like All one right. full twenty four hour day. Very good movie. Really? Yeah. Like Netflix has a Netflix original movie called Barry. Yeah, that's what I thought you were talking about when you started. That one is um, before he met Michelle. So like him going off to college and all of that stuff. Uh, Southside with you takes place two years after Barry. Okay. But what what was was wild about watching this movie and then thinking about the one before is like growing up in like first grade, second grade, you know, they tell you, you can be anything that you want to be, even the president. And you're like, sure, get the (laughs) fuck out of here. (laughs) And, And then like watching him and his life, I'm like, 
you, you see him as a kid and a teenager and an adolescent, him playing basketball and chain smoking cigarettes and smoking weed and dancing, dances that I know how to dance to, mm-hmm. being in like projects and hanging out with people that look like me and doing similar dances. I was just like, I never imagined seeing someone that looks so similar that could become a president. Right. You know, it's just unprecedented that someone that looks, seems normal. You know, it's like the... Um, yeah, because you always think of president. You always think of, a, of like a proper prim, yeah, like, sort of like in a coat, sort of my daddy will sue you kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. It was like some some five-year-old who's been... Um, what's what's the word to where you're, you're trying to raise someone up to be something from a young age? Indoctrinated? I guess, uh, yeah, something like that. But it's just uh, some, some like five year old that that they've already told the five year old he's going to be president when he oh, grows so, up, yeah. and they just grow him to be a president. They've been groomed. Yeah, to yeah, be a gro- president. grooming. Yeah, I, feel, I felt like just most of the presidents were groomed to be presidents early on. Like, well, you better not smoke that cigarette because if they get a picture of you doing that, then that's it for you. Right. You know, type of shit. But I don't know. It was it was cool to see something that's like nice. that. But I mean, Trump is just. Shut yeah. all that shit down. Like the things, <laughs> the things that you can do and be president now. Yeah. Like, like, the standards are way lower now. Yeah. Just um, like like anyone can be president now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, lastly, I've seen a Beast of No Nation. Uh, Beast of No... I know that. I uh, know that. Idris Elba. Yes. It's a, it's a long movie, and it's... I haven't seen anything this dark in my entire life. Really? Like this... Um, do you remember what it's about? Because I knew I saw the trailer, but I don't know what it what it. Uh, I don't there, it's it's, it's um, gentrification and um, in Africa okay. and apartheid is going on there as well. But um, so so they have so many wars going on, and then um, other other black militant soldiers that are branches off from the government are trying to take over different areas of land. So some of the groups of people have decided to come together and form their own like little militia, you know, amongst that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a kid, he's like five or six, and from the beginning of the movie, he just has everything taken away from him. Like oh. his mother, his mother leaves him, his father is killed, his best friends that are like six, seven, and eight, they're all murdered in front of him. He runs off, he meets up with Idris Elba, who's the uh, the leader of this thing. And and when I say it's dark, like I don't mean like like dark funny. Yeah, you know, it's like, like dark, dark. Like, like- I've never, you know, and, I, and I'm on. I'm the one that's on here. It's like, yeah, I want to see kids being burned alive. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like seriously, it's like that's that's. But I watched this movie. Like it's darker than Schindler's List, Ryan. God darker damn. than Schindler's List. Schindler's List is pretty dark. That's dark. It's like a like, small girl shouting Jews at the screen for like three minutes. Man, there's there's a scene in that movie that I'm not even gonna say out loud. Damn, it's that dark. Like, Fuck. because there's kids involved, right. you know, and it's just like the things that kids are having to do in a war is, it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, it's a very good watch, but it's just like you gotta hate. You're gonna hate yourself before and after watching it. Right. It's one of those watches that you watch once and you like and you like remember that one time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. I, I might have to check it out then yes. if it's if it's that good. It is. Yeah. Well, goddamn. Fuck. Anything else that you've seen? Uh, not noteworthy. I mean, uh, The Devil's Candy was a horror movie that I've seen. It's pretty good horror on uh, on Netflix. It sounds cheesy, but it was it was pretty good. Nice. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I saw you post about that shit. Yeah. yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited for when I have, like, three weeks to just, like, watch all the movies that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. I got, like, 700 of them in my queue yeah. right now, and I'm upset. Um, I-, I had, like, 700, but I'm, like, running out, so I'm forced to, like, I'm going to have to read a book. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to have to read a book. I've been reading the first Harry Potter. Mm. That is fantastic. Nice. J.K. Rowling. Mm. Mm. There's new Harry Potters coming out, aren't there? Like There's one book called The Cursed Child, uh, but that wasn't written by Rowling. Uh. And then we have the Fantastic Beast thing happening. Yeah. 
And then we have a movie that's like Voldemort's story happening, but I don't know when that's going to come out. I thought J.K. Rowling was like writing something new. She wrote the screenplay for Fantastic Beast. Not that. No, like something after Shoot. I'll, I'll figure yeah. it out later. She, yeah. she might be. I, I don't know. I haven't kept up. But yeah. uh, I know that uh, that the, the last book, The Cursed Child, wasn't written by Harry. It was some dude. It's inspired by the Harry Potter universe or mm. something. Okay. Uh, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna cut and then we'll be right back to talk about this uh, fucking movie, hey, the, hey. the Vanishing. <laughs> Welcome back to the For Film Take podcast. We're gonna talk about the, uh, we're gonna talk about the Vanishing. The Vanishing. Uh, it was a 1988 version. It's the one that's in the Criterion Collection. Yes. There was a remake. The remake was poorly received. Oh yeah. So we are not talking about the remake. No. Nope. This is a 1988 version. Yes. Uh, the Vanishing, 1988, is a rated R movie listed as a mystery crime film. Uh, runtime is one hour and 47 minutes. Uh, let's see, it says, when, Re- when Rex and Saskia are enjoying a biking holiday in France, when stopping at a gas station, Saskia disappears. Confounded, Rex searches everywhere, but to no avail. Three years later, he's still obsessing with finding her. Pleading his case on television, putting up posters, and ruin- ruining his new relationship in the process. Eventually, an unassuming chemistry teacher, Raymond, approaches Rex, intimating that he knows what happened. Um, the director, writer, all of these names are in French. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do that. So, all yeah. right. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, the director, maybe, all right, George uh, Sluz, nope. Let me see it. Let me see it. Just not. George is uh, George. George Louisa, uh, Team Crab, uh, Bernard Pierre Donadieu, mm. Jean Bervois. John Terstich, I think, yeah. I look at French words and I do not understand how that they make those noises. I have not. I, I've tried learning French yeah. and I, the pronunciation is a lot easier than you think it is. Mm. The grammar is fucking bullshit. Wow. <laughs> Cannot understand French grammar. Even coming from a Spanish background, French yeah. grammar is like, what the fuck are yeah. you doing? Yeah. But uh, it sounds pretty. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, th- th- I'm just going to go ahead and say I was extremely underwhelmed. I'll bet you would have been. It's fucking (laughs) just like... I think you've liked one Criterion movie. How many have we done? We've done like six. Six, yeah. Six? I've liked... You've liked the one that you you picked, uh, Rashomon. Rashomon, yeah. It's the only one I've liked. (laughs) These these movies are are like... um, like, they're deemed to be the best of what the world has to offer. That's why I feel fucking weird (laughs) about not liking them. I was watching this movie going like, I don't... Fucking, why do I not like this? This did, is a Criterion movie. Did you it's get been revered. Yeah, I did. Oh. Like, I watched the whole fucking thing. Like, I, like I, I, I didn't, I, I promise you, I did not enjoy the first 45 minutes. No, no. I did I, not I, enjoy it. The movie's like, what, one hour and 40? Uh, 147. 147? Yeah. I like the last half hour. I like the last, same, same. Yeah, same. that was it. But this is, it's, it's kind of a case of the, um, uh, what's the movie, The Atomic Blonde? Mm-hmm. When I watched it the second time, I was like, oh, shit. It, it reminded me a bit of um, the movie The Following from Christopher Nolan. Yeah. It was just like you get to see how everything was put together on the second go-round. But I still don't love this movie, but this movie is going to be is gonna stay with me for the rest of my life. I feel Yeah, I feel like that's the weird thing because I don't like a lot of the criteria movies we, we've seen, but mm-hmm. I remember every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 400 Blows, as much as I hate it, stuck with me. I think yeah. this movie is on the same track of 400 Blows. Mm, okay. It, 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 I, I like it more than 400 Blows. Mm. I think it's a better movie. Mm. But I was just so underwhelmed by everything that was happening ah. until the very ending mm. where it got conceptually interesting. All right. 
but the first half hour where we see, like, first of all, the, the first yeah, 20 minutes. the beginning, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the first right. 20 minutes, mm. uh, we get introduced to Rex and Saskia uh, driving, to, I don't know, to fucking uh, France, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they're, they're on a holiday in, uh, in France, and um, the first time we see them, they're driving around, then they're eventually inside of a tunnel, and they right. run out of gas. And so they run out of gas in the tunnel, and they're, and they're freaking out, and yeah. then we know that Saskia has this dream mm. where she's trapped inside of a golden egg. Yep. And so she's freaking out because she's in the dark and she sees two headlights and she thinks of the golden eggs. Mm. And so Rex is like, well, fuck you. I'm going to go fix well, well, this. Well, before, before that, um, yeah. she, she, she tells him she has this dream about the golden egg and that she's off in space floating by herself and is just so alone in the feeling of being alone. Right. But um, she had another dream. Now there's two golden eggs. And he was trapped inside one of the golden eggs as well. And they're both floating off into space um, alone. And if they were ever to come together, then it would all be over. Right. And um, he's not thinking anything about this golden egg bullshit. He's like, hey, <laughs> hey, the, our car just ran out of gas inside of a tunnel. We're about to get ran over by her car. Right. And then she sees headlights coming from the back, and then she's still thinking about the dream. Hey, golden eggs. He's like, bitch, how about you get out of the car before we get ran over? <laughs> right. And she's like, no, I need to look for a flashlight. And at that point, I'm like trying to figure out what is the dynamic of this relationship. Right. You know, because they're, they're having the argument. She's telling them something that means a lot to her. He's completely dismissing it and leaves her in the car Walks away and leaves her in there as she's looking for the flashlight, as she's begging him to stay right. with me. And, and don't, he's don't miles, and he's miles as he's walking away he's from walking the tunnel. Away. Yeah, uh, so that, that's the first. That was the first uh, hint, hint of um, being alone, being abandoned, being left right. alone. And we we can tell that it genuinely upsets her. Yes, uh, and and that's a good setup, mm -hmm. uh, especially when we get to the ending. Like like conceptually, that's terrifying. Yes, um, but like the, the the my the first twenty minutes for me that. Apart from setting that up, I just like I was like, all right, what's the dynamic here? Mm -hmm. But after that, they got the gasoline. Hold on, wait, let's keep. Hold on, let's stay on track. Wait, let's <laughs> before, on track. What happened? Because he went back, he got the gasoline. Yep. She got the flashlight, mm -hmm. and then they drive to a gas station. Not yet. No. Nope. What? Um, okay. What? Uh, what am I skipping? Uh, before that, they um they decide they 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 go out into a, like a park area mm -hmm. and they're hanging out and then um she she says that she wants to drive. Give me the keys. No, that's after the gas station. After that, she she's not with them after the gas station. She's abducted. I thought I, I thought that was, I guess I thought that was at the gas station. Oh no no, this is before the gas station. Oh, okay. Uh, they're they're at like a park area, and um, he, she has the keys, and he's telling them. Um, she says, um, I, I, "I'm going to drive, but um, under two circumstances, I'll stay with you. One is that um, you never abandon me, right? Ever, you never leave me alone." I forgot what the other circumstance was or whatever, but she takes them. She takes them to a tree, and they both. I can't. I can't tell what it is that they put there. It was two coins. Just coins. Yeah. Uh, she takes two coins and they put it under there. She kisses one and puts it under there. He kisses the other, and then they place a rock on top of that tree. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I didn't want to skip over that because at the very end of the movie, that's where they're at at that tree. Mm -hmm. And when he's telling them to drink the thing, and he runs around hysterically in the rain, sees that that thing is there, like short symbolizing them being together. Right. And he makes a decision at the. In. But yeah, but they, then a gas station. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess I thought that happened at like in the park next to the gas station, mm. uh, but I guess not. Uh, so, so they get to the gas station and we see a little bit more of the dynamic and they're more lovey and more friendly now and whatever. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, I love you. I'm gonna go get us drinks." Yeah. And, and they all seem lovey dovey. She, she says she's gonna get them. Uh, she, they're gonna get a beer and a, uh, a, a Coca Cola. Yeah, yeah. A beer and a Coke. Yeah. And like, th th first of all, this is uh, already like what 25 minutes into the movies yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand the dynamic between yep. these characters. Yep. Don't get it. Nope. I don't care about any nope. of them. First 45 minutes is like that, yeah. Yeah, don't give a shit. It's yep. like, all right, you, you're a cute ginger or mm -hmm. blonde, and yeah. you're with this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, what? 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 Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just didn't care. And so she goes in, and she gets the Coke and, and whatever, comes back out with a Frisbee, and then she disappears. 
she just disappears. And, yeah, in in um in in uh in Rex's mind, that's yeah. what happens. You know, so um so she she goes in. He asks her if she has any money. She's like, yeah. He takes the pocketbook, puts it back inside of the car. She takes her little change purse, mm-hmm. goes inside the uh goes inside the gas station, and he he hangs around a little bit, has the frisbee, and then he uh, he gets his camera and he goes to take a picture of his vehicle, just showing this is the car on vacation. Right. You know, as he's taking the picture. You know, there's some people in the background, but you can't really tell what that is. Right. He's not paying attention to that either. And and she t- and she took a picture that she was in the background too, but there was like a white car mm-hmm. on it. So like he took the last picture of her that he did. Yeah. And so like anyway, she disappears. He realizes that she's not coming back. He mm-hmm. starts getting worried. Yeah. Does the whole paranoid walk around, ask everybody thing. Yeah. And and like at that point of the movie, I'm like, okay, someone he cares about is missing. Yeah. I feel like I should be able to empathize with this character. Mm-hmm. But really, there was nothing of any consequence happening. Mm. Like she, she went missing, yes. and he freaked out. Yeah. But uh, me, as a like as a person, I'm just like, I. Why do I care about these people right now? As a movie watcher, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, if I was in the situation in real life, I'd probably like try to help. But like, in uh, as a, as an audience member, nothing happened. Wh- so, wh- what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, um, like you don't care about the relationship enough to care if it ends. Yeah, like like I just thought she left because mm. of I mean, the that's first. Poss- that's possible because of the first twenty five yeah. minutes. Yeah. I just thought she left. I mean, that's like up and, up to this point, we don't know what's going on. With right, her. like she she could have been pissed off that the the first fifteen minutes of the 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 movie that he's not treating her the way that she feels like she could should be treated. Right. So when she went into that gas station, she could have just met some guy that decided to whisper off to America and left with him. <laughs> like really, we we don't know, you know, mm-hmm. he, and he doesn't know either. So after after a few minutes, he's um he's like, all right, I don't. I have no idea where she is. He goes inside, can't can't find her. Runs all the way around and goes and acts the um, goes and acts someone inside the uh, the, the store, um, which I'm assuming to be the cashier and the store owner. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Uh, the cashier says that uh, yeah, she she seen the, the girl and uh, she came up to her. She said that uh, she was over by the coffee machine, and he was like, that doesn't make sense. Like she wanted something cold to drink. You know, she said she was getting a beer and a coke. You know, right. why would she be over by the coffee machine? And um and and re- we see that later on that she's looking for change. Yeah. And she doesn't have enough change. And the um and the the killer of of this movie mm-hmm. is plotting to kill someone at this moment. Right. We have none of his backstory or anything that he's done before before this moment. But we but we know now that he's planning to kill her. Uh, she asks for change. They don't have correct change. She goes up to the register. The register lady gives her the correct change. Um, let's see. Just to stay on this exact timeline. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. So she she gives him the change. Yeah. Uh, she goes back to the vending machine that was next to the coffee machines. Mm. Uh, she notices, and this is like this is revealed at the end yeah. of the movie. Yeah. But she notices the keychain on our killer. Yeah. It has an R, R yeah. on it because it's Lamon Raymond. Yeah, like Raymond something. Yeah. Uh, and so she notices the keychain and she's like, "Oh, I want one of those for my boyfriend." Yeah. And then goes back to the car and he mm. chloroforms her mm. uh, and then kidnaps her. Yeah. And that that's that's what happened in the movie. At, at the end, at, at the, the end, end of the movie. Um, before before that happens, the um, the guy, like I said, he's still looking around for mm-hmm. her. He goes back outside, and people said some people said they seen her, and um, she he sees a coke can and a beer on on the ground, and a car runs over the coke can, and mm-hmm. a little kid comes over and picks up the beer. It's like, hey, dad, it's a free beer, you know, right. type thing. <laughs> so it's um, you got you kind of get to see that hey, she was inside the store, she did leave, and now there's just no trace of her whatsoever. Right. So this guy is like he's he's going a bit insane now um, because he's never had a chance to say goodbye to the person that he loved, and the last day that he's seen her. Things were just kind of odd. weird, yeah, yeah weird, weird for him. So we we go all the way to three years in the future, and that's my biggest now. problem with this film. 
mm. uh, that time jump mm. felt completely unjustified. I, I know that, that that's what, uh, like what was needed to get the story going to the point where they wanted it. Yeah. But from the point when she disappears to the mm. point that we jump, yeah. there's no emotional development for me for the main character other than the fact that he freaked out that she disappeared. Mm. Like, we don't see him try to get an investi- investigation going. Yeah, we, we don't see him. Well, he's oh, talking to the later. owner. Yeah, we, okay. well, we're talking to the store owner. Yeah. But we don't see him, like, talk to any legal authorities. We yeah, don't he, see he him. He talks to the police. No, no, well, no, 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 no. That, that's still the store, store owner. That's still the store owner, yeah. yeah. The last we see of him talking about this investigation and right after it happened was to the store owner. Yeah. And then we jumped three years later. The store owner, that's the one where they're there at the dark room at the, uh, at the table? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I figured, that, I thought that was the police for some No, reason. no, that was the store owner. She was yeah. like, we'll do something tomorrow. It's like, no, tomorrow's too late. And then cut to three years later. Yeah, he's, but I mean, I, I thought that set it up pretty well, like how upset he was. You know, because it, one, it's like he was saying, hey, let's get fingerprints off of the coins. Right. And this guy, like, you know how absurd that sounds? But, it, <laughs> but, you know, to take fingerprints off a coin, but it just goes to show into his psyche how much he loves and cares and yeah. will do anything for the woman. And then after we get to the three years in the future, we see the killer. And he was like, for three years, this guy's been putting up posters. Yeah. Three years straight. Like, and it was like, I, I admire it. I admire his obsession and his passion. You know, mm-hmm. the guy's saying, so it's like we get to see that he's passionate and cares and we skip to three years later and we just have to assume those three years were spent obsessing and the first scene that we get with him and his new girlfriend, he's still obsessing about his past. Yeah, and, and I get that. Mm-hmm. I just like the fact that I don't see it hap- that I don't see it happen on screen other than pure hints mm-hmm. about his obsession kind of bothers me because that information is not delivered to me as a viewer. No. I, I have to deduce that information. Yes. Which is fine. Yeah. Like it's engaging. Yeah. But if if I'm meant to deduce all of that information from something or like or like extract that information, yeah. I should be I should care more about the character, and I didn't. Um, I, I feel like like he was just unlikable. He was bland and like dry, and I didn't particularly feel any relation to him. I, I mean, regardless of the character, I mean, I don't know if I care about it, the characters, but the movie and the idea, like everything about it, was was pretty spot on. Like I can't think of many really problems with it. Yeah, I, I, the delivery of information, the way information was delivered it annoyed go, me. It, it goes back to the um, the connect the dots. You was like, yeah. I don't like things to be jumbled up and, you know, make it easier. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like seeing the, I like seeing the structure of a mm. film. And this film, to me, felt very, like, it was structured in a way that the information made sense. Mm. But it was just very kind of like, oh, 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 she disappeared three years later, like mm. two years, two days before she disappeared. The mm. egg came. What the fuck? Mm. It just, it just, it's just one of those pet peeves that I have with, I think... And I, I'm noticing the trend that is with European cinema. European mm. cinema tends to be very all over the fucking place. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and some movies it works, like Love by Gaspar Noé. Mm. That seemed to work. But in, in a lot of movies, it, it just doesn't work for, for you. Me. Yeah, for <laughs> me. That's, it, I added yeah, that. It doesn't work for yeah. me. Cause, yeah. I mean, the, um, well, let me see. Where, where do we leave off at? So, uh, so three years later, he's sitting there with the, uh, with the new girl. And now he's getting a... Um, oh, uh, beforehand, the uh, the killer is now walking on the street with one of his good friends, mm-hmm. and he sees a poster of um, still looking for this girl that's been gone for three years. He's talking about yeah, uh, Myra's passion, his obsession with it, and uh, he's saying you something about being judged for. Um, he's like, I told you about that. I was um, thinking about kidnapping women, and you wanted to judge me for it. <laughs> you know, uh, well, thing. it was something like that. But I know he said like I even asked you like what if I did it, and yeah. you laughed in my face. Yeah. that was a that was a line that I remember. Yeah, uh, which. <sighs> 
I guess it was cool that they gave us that because we now know he's a killer. Yeah. And but it, we knew he was a killer at the gas station. We didn't it, know that? I knew it. I, it was pretty you, obvious. You were saying that she might have been kidnapped or just I said, well, away. the first 20 minutes, but then they show up a flashback of him, like creepy guy with a cast putting his thing on him. Mm-hmm. And at the gas station, before we know that she's fully disappeared. Mm-hmm. So he's waiting at the door. He enters the gas station immediately after her. Yeah. Like it was pretty obvious that that was the guy mm-hmm. that disappeared, especially if you read the synopsis of the fucking movie and you know that the girl disappeared. Don't do that. Like, I, I mean, I, I didn't know anything yeah. about the movie before I watched like, it. Like I read the synopsis, <laughs> oh, like no. the, the so, plot, the thing that was in the Criterion Collection website. You knew what happened at the end before watching it? Uh, no. Okay. No, I didn't That's know what happened exactly at the end. the movie for me. But I just know that she disappeared. Okay. Uh, and like he couldn't find her. And yeah. like... They show, they show, like, three shots of that guy, like, walking in behind her, like, setting up a rag in his fucking mm-hmm. cast or whatever, wearing a fake yeah, cast. So, like, we, it was pretty obvious that that was the guy. We, yeah, we, we do a bit of a flashback for him. So, we show, we show him getting ready because he's trying to find all these... Oh, well, well let's, let's go back to, mm-hmm. uh, to his home. Uh, he's driving up there, and this is shortly after he's uh, buried... The uh, was it Saskia inside of a shallow grave near his home? Mm-hmm. But we don't, we don't have any 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 of that information up to this point. Nope. He brings his wife and his uh, his two daughters up there, and they're having a uh, having like a dinner picnic type thing. And uh, one of the daughters opens the drawer and she sees spiders all inside the drawer. Right. And then he was like, "Hey, you know, something, something. You know, you you should." He eventually he convinces her to scream. Right. Yeah. Know? And she spiders was, are beautiful animals. You should love them. That yeah. was a beautiful scream. Let's hear it again. Yeah. But you know that this is um, it's contrived. He doesn't yeah. just want to hear a beautiful scream. Like she screams one time, you hear the echo. The other daughter screams, you hear echo. Then you know, just scream, scream, screams. Right. Now you know where well, you don't have this information now, but. Uh, shortly before that, the night before, he's burying someone alive. Right. And there may have been screams. And if there was, there's echoes. Yeah, and there's a, pervas- there's, a, there's a perverse nature that this guy likes hearing women scream. Mm-hmm. There's, no constant, there's no coincidences all these people screaming are women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, what I wanted to say about, like, when he leaves, he tries to cover his tracks. Mm-hmm. He goes to his neighbor. He was like, hey, um, when me, me and my family, we just got up here, mm-hmm. but uh, we, heard, uh, we heard some screaming uh, while we was coming. Did you hear anything? Any, see anything unusual? Just to cover his tracks. Like, if there was anything that was going on up here, my neighbor knows I had nothing to do with it. Right. You know, so that whole screaming stuff was just uh, a complete setup. But we, we don't know this at the time. And he, he's trying to, to, to convince the right women to, that, that he, he doesn't want hookers. He's like, hookers are easy to get. Right. You know? And the, uh, the first few times that he's trying to get women is just, he's coming on way too strong. Yeah. Um, they show one where he's, um, he's just standing outside with a, um, with a suit on. He looks normal and he's standing beside of his car and a brunette walks by and he was like, Hey, uh, you, you need a ride. You're going over this way. You need a ride. And then she was like, uh, you don't recognize me. And, oh, yeah. and she, she was like, what do you mean? She was like, oh, um, I'm your daughter's volleyball coach. I coach your daughter's volleyball. You know, we, we've met before at a couple of the games before. Yada, yada. And he's like, oh, shit. I was about to try to kill my volleyball, my daughter's <laughs> volleyball teacher. And it's just, it, it kind of clicks into that this crazy guy is just like, he didn't care who it was, you know, mm-hmm. what you would think. But he does have a set of morals, you know. Right. Well, they're, they're not morals as much as like ways to not get caught. That's uh, really what that is. Yeah. I Yes, in a way, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a sociopath. Yeah. Like, he's a, like, in the, he says it himself in the Definitely. movie. Yes. Like, he is a sociopath. He yes. would not care that there was a daughter's volleyball coach, except for the fact that it might get him caught. Yes, that's, that could be true. Yeah. I, I was thinking about the other, um, when he was picking up hitchhikers, mm-hmm. and he was going to kill the girl, and decides not to pick them up because there's a guy. Yeah. It was like, yeah, okay, that, I can 60, 70% see that, that. Maybe he couldn't handle killing the girl and the guy without, you know, it being an issue. Right. You know, dealing with two people. So, all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
but it's, um, it's purely it, 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 it's purely a way to not get caught. Sure. I, I never got a moral objection from this character at all. The, the only the only more yeah, I, I thought that may have been moral, you know, but it was like no, it just might have just been the not getting caught type yeah. thing for him. You know, so uh, so he sees it that, that is this uh, his daughter's old volleyball coach, and where he gets the idea to to kill uh, Saskia is from the volleyball coach. Yep, like she tells him, she was like, "Hey, <laughs> what, what's good about it? It's like, as she was like, "Hey, uh, do you have a few minutes? You want to go over here and have some tea, have a coffee? You know, five minutes." Like, no, I'm really in a rush. And then she puts it together in her mind. And this is the stuff that I like about, like, not have it spelled out for mm-hmm. it for me. It's like, with her, she was like, oh, he's standing here to pick up women to have sex with. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what he was wanting. And he tried to talk to me because he wanted to have sex with me. So she's like, hey, um, there's a place right up the road. There's a gas station. Nobody will know your face. Right. And, it's, and it's not with, well, she's not thinking, hey, you can go kill people anonymously. <laughs> you know, you can she, just have sex. You can, you can go cheat on your wife anonymously. Yeah. You know I, know, I know that you have a wife and you have kids and this is what you want to do hey you can go out there and fuck as many as you want and nobody <laughs> will ever know anything about it before that though we see we do see him try to pick up women a mm. lot of a lot of times yes we see him like six or seven times mm. failing and he takes his pulse after every single one of them mm. and that's never really explained why he does it i guess i mean like it's the pulse no you have it's for the timing for the timing all right, so, so he puts the chloroform on a rag, and he chloroforms himself, mm-hmm. and he checks his pulse to see exactly how long before his heart uh, slows down enough to where you're all the way gone. Because if he's going to be, every time he kidnaps somebody, mm-hmm. he's checking the time, and then by the last one, he was like 10 minutes. Like, he knows exactly how long that it oh, takes. Okay. Yeah, he knows how long that the chloroform is going to take to knock you out, how long you're going to be under, how long before you have the ability to come back and do something to him. Okay. Like, he's, he's tried the chloroform out on himself more than he's ever tried it on anyone else. Like, he has books that he's writing down, you know, scientifically every single time. Like I guess to, that makes sense. Like, to math. He even said something to his wife about it. She was like, um, it's only eight miles to go into town. So 16 miles, like round trip, and you're averaging 30, 32 miles. You know, it was like, yeah, I've always wanted to have a, a woman that was obsessed with the numbers as, as much as I was. Right. You know, so it's like, that's where I was getting from that, that he's okay. obsessed with the timing and yada, yada. With the I'll take one. that. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll yeah. accept that. <laughs> yeah. But um, where, where were we at? Uh, well, uh, he uh, they show him trying to pick up women, uh, like oh, yeah, yeah. like seven different times. The, yeah, the uh, the one of them he has a um, there, there's like a really hot, very big busted blonde lady, and he's just standing by the car, and he was like, "Hey, are you going this way? I'm going this way too." And mm-hmm. she was like, "Yeah, it's right down the road." He was like, "Hey, uh, you just want to get in my car? We can go." And then she was like, "Uh, no, I'd, I'd rather walk." Yeah. And then he was like, "Fuck," you know, just being <laughs> being too pushy. Another time he's at like a, a gas station area, and he tells this woman. Was like, hey, um, I need you to help me hitching this thing on the back of, of, of my car. Right. And then she was like, okay. She comes over and she's about to help him. And then she she goes off, gets her husband. The husband comes back and he was like, hey, so what did you need my wife to help you with? And it was like, oh, the the trailers. It's heavy. Yeah. And then the guy just picks the trailer up with like a pinky. You know, so <laughs> so light. And then it was like, your fucking brain is a problem, whatever, and smacks him up. <laughs> you know. And then leaves. Yeah. And, and and like. Uh, I don't know, like, I, I, I wanted to like all of this information that we're having all the time we're experiencing with this killer mm. uh, that sort of leads up to the flashbacks that reveal what happened to Saskia. Mm. I, I want to enjoy that. Mm. But apart from the fact that showing us that he was creepy and trying to pick up women mm. and that he didn't really care about his, like, family the way that he should care about his family, mm. um, how do I say it? Apart from that, there just wasn't a lot of substance there. You know what I'm saying? I disagree. Like, like there, there wasn't a lot of like in your face substance. I mean, but what did those scenes do besides telling you he's creepy, 
He mm. wants to pick up women, mm. and he's obviously got intent to kill. I mean, it, it, it lets you into his character. We know more about the sociopath than we do about any other character in this entire movie. And, and I think that's... I just didn't... I, I couldn't... The, the, okay, here's, here's the thing. In those scenes, like all the information that I needed from that character mm. was all of those things. And mm. I, I enjoy the fact that we got to spend time with the sociopath. Mm. But really, what I wanted to care about was more about the obsession that was happening with, with uh, Rex. Mm. Right? So like for like... In the, in the three year, uh, after the three-year time jump... We spent a solid 40 minutes with the sociopath, yes. with uh, Raymond. Yeah. And we spent a solid 20 minutes with Rex. Yes. Right? And, I, and, and for me, I, ju I just feel like, like if... Like the movie's more about the concept of what happened to Saskia rather than the sociopath. Why are mm. we spending so much time on the sociopath rather than Saskia? What happened to the golden egg dream that happened? I know it comes back at the end. Yeah. But there's like so many loose ends to the, when, and then we spend 40 minutes what, with what the sociopath. Mean? Like the the golden egg the the golden egg thing is mentioned at the beginning. Yeah, it doesn't come back until we see Rex with the. It's at the end. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. it doesn't technically come back until we see Rex with the new girlfriend mm -hmm. at the hill, and he has this dream about the golden eggs again. Yep. Suddenly he's like, "Fuck! I gotta find Sasuke again." Yeah. And it, that's the that's the second time it comes back, and then we see the payoff of it at the end, because mm -hmm. uh, the coffins are a symbol for like two golden eggs, whatever. Yeah. And, and like it'll be over. Uh, but I just feel like that 40 minutes I was swimming with the sociopath, mm. it, could, I, yeah, it didn't do anything for me. Why not? I mean, all right, there was a scene that I really liked with him, the sociopath and his, uh, his wife. And in the scene, he's describing why he's a sociopath and a serial killer. But to her, she's, um, he's describing why he's um, uh, chasing this passion and being gone from the house yeah. more than he should. And he, he says to her, she's like, why, why are you gone? It's like, you, it, it takes eight miles to get there, eight miles back, 16 miles, you're averaging over 32 miles. And he was like, I have a passion. And you start with an idea right in your head. And you take a step and then a second. Soon you realize you're up to your neck in something so intense. But that doesn't matter. You keep at it for the sheer pleasure of it, for the pure satisfaction it might bring you. You know, so it's just he's he's describing how it feels to to kidnap and and take a life. Yep. You know, so I mean, it, but it's just it's it's not being that clear to his wife about it. And 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 that's that's I I feel like that that unclarity mm. that it, it it makes it it makes any tension that any scene would have mm. immediately go away for me. I mean, that's because I knew what he's. I know what he's saying. I know you what he's referring to. You want it to be spelled out? You mean? No, no, no. I don't want it spelled out. Okay. But there's no sense of tension throughout the entire movie. There really isn't mm. for me. Like I like it's a crime. Uh, what what's the category again? It's mystery crime thriller. Mystery crime film. Mystery crime. Mm. There's no mystery. I know he did it. I know why he did it mm. before the movie's like halfway. I mean, I, I just I, don't know what happened to her. Yes, like, I don't know the she's dead. I don't, I don't know that she's dead. Like, as far as I know, like, like I mean, I, 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 there's no telling what happened to her. For me, it was pretty, like, you saw him. Mm -hmm. uh, you saw him, like, when before at the gas station, before yeah. the girl disappeared. Mm -hmm. uh, you saw him pull something out of his fake cast, mm -hmm. prepping to kidnap somebody. Yeah. Then the girl disappears. Then you jump through three years. I'm yep. sorry, that bitch is dead. If you jump Possibly. three years into the future most, after most, she was most likely, yeah, she's kidnapped dead. by somebody, she is dead. Most likely. I knew she was dead from the get-go. 
I mean, yeah, from being a, uh, like, a, me too, like being a jaded moviegoer, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I put that together first step. Yeah. But it's just like, I wanted to give the benefit of the doubt that maybe this isn't the only option of her being dead and just continue to watch the movie yeah. and see I, I feel happened. like the movie wanted you to do that. I yes, feel like the movie 100%. was setting you up to wanting you to do that so yes. that you would be in Rex's shoes when you find, like, I, I feel like the movie wanted you to relate to, Re- to Rex's obsession, to uh. find out what happened with Saskia. Right, but then okay. the movie spends forty minutes with the psychopath. That's what I, w- I thought they wanted me to relate to. No, no, no. The movie wants it's, you to relate to Rex's obsession. I didn't get that because, uh, like, every time they show Rex, he's mm. obsessing over this thing. His yeah. thing is that he needs to know what happened. You're as an audience, you're in Rex's shoe because you opened the movie in Rex's POV. Yes, and you went through the sentiment of him, of her, his wife or girlfriend disappearing. Mm. You went through his like small obsession of finding out what happened to her. Mm. Three years later, we're with the psychopath, but yeah. really the emotional trail is with Rex. Emotionally, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The emotional thread yeah. is with Rex because mm. you want to know what happened. Yeah, and like the the time spent with the psychopath is just setting you up that these two people are going to coalesce into a scene and they're going to discuss like what happened and why did it happen. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, they spent so much time with the sociopath and so little time with Rex in those 40 minutes that the sociopath was present mm. that I forgot Rex was a character by the 30th he, minute of the sociopath. He didn't really have anything else to add. He didn't, his character didn't change until the sociopath changed him at the end. And that's a problem. Uh, I think that's a problem. What? Because if, if, we're, if we're meant to follow the emotional thread of what happened to Saskia, mm. Rex is the guy that we should be following. Mm. Rex is the guy that has the emotional stake. I, I think there's like more than one way to, um, to format a movie, though. Just, you know, it's like you, you can have that. I mean, you didn't get the emotional payoff that you think that they might have been trying to draw you towards from the beginning of the movie. But just because we're not following Rex and we don't get the emotional payoff, I don't think that kind of hinders from the, the storytelling, though. My problem is that, uh, let me see if I can phrase it this way. My problem is that by spending those 40 minutes with the, the sociopath pretty much uninterrupted, mm. it just took away from, from like, Rex as a, as a character. Because yes. they, it could have been, like, some, some sort of intercutting or some parallel cut. And I get that you don't need to format a movie the same way every time. Yeah. But something to remind me that Rex's obsession is still present in the film. You know, in those forty minutes. I mean, the, there the, just wasn't any of it. I, I feel like I didn't need it anymore. It's just like from the the scene with the uh, the scene with the store owner and him just being maniacal, like we can't even ch- check fingerprints on coins. I'm like, that's pretty far. And then the three years of doing nothing but obsessing and looking for her. Yeah. So it's just like I, I feel like what more information do I need from him? Because for three years he's been obsessed. He has a beautiful hot like French woman who's just like, hey, how about you forget about that and just come lay in the sun with me? You know, have yeah. fun. So it's like, I feel like any time that we're, the 40 minutes that we're paying attention to the serial killer, that Rex is still doing the same thing. There's like nothing I, I mean, yeah, before. no, I, I get what you're saying. It's just like, it's, my problem is that following the emotional thread mm. gets, it's, it gets modeled. For me, the emotional thread of the movie gets modeled uh, because but, of, of the sociopath character. Because uh, that's this one of those things where, like, I get it. You don't have to show me Rex all the, the entire time. Like, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And that's a fine way to format a movie. Mm. Uh, but I just, there's just no tension in anything that's happening when I get 40 minutes of the guy that killed the person that I'm supposed to be tense for. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, like, in Nightcrawler, you get tension because the interactions of Nightcrawler, and he's a sociopath, too. That's why mm. I bring him up. Yes. The, interaction, the, the interactions <laughs> of him are genuinely creepy yeah. because you are following an emotional threat throughout the entire film. Mm. Like, they don't cut away for 40 minutes. But that's, that's why I feel like the emotional thread should have been tied to Raymond, and that's where I, the, the, line, the line that I was following the entire time. 
because Raymond, we get the flashback to him being a kid. Yeah. And, and, and that decision to, when he's stand, standing on the balcony, and it was like, I can do it, I cannot do it, but it's predestined that I won't jump off of this, this balcony. So if I don't want it to, if I want to break destiny, then I have if to I jump. If I want to break destiny, then I have to jump. And in jumping, it's like I broke my leg and lost two fingers, mm-hmm. you know, because of an action that I chose to go against what I think was my destiny. And that's a um, attitude that um, the main character, or maybe if Rex or whatever, yeah. Rex, that's an attitude that Rex takes on at the end. He ultimately loses his life because of it. Mm-hmm. The um, Raymond tells him, if you want to know what happened to Saskia, then I'm not going to tell you. You have to experience it. Yeah. And, and and Rex knows. Rex is like, it, like the same way as you. It's like she's been gone three years. Yeah. You know, she's most likely dead. And he even said it on a... Um, on a television show, uh, mm-hmm. they asked me, was like, well, she's been gone so long. What do you hope to get out of this? You know, do you think you're going to find her? Do you believe she's alive? He's like, no, I don't think she's alive. He's like, what, what is this then? He's like, it's, it's an homage. It's an homage, yeah. It's an homage. It's just that he loves her so much. It's just that kind of that curiosity killed the cat. He want, he just wants to know. He never had a chance to, to say goodbye to her. So in that moment when they're, um, when they're at the, uh, the park area mm-hmm. and the killer was telling him, just uh, drink this drink and in 10 minutes you'll know exactly what happened to her. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, nope, fuck that because, hey, she's dead already. So you, I need to be killed to find out that. You know right. that? Yeah, so um, he takes a drink, throws it back in the killer's face. It's like, no, fuck that. You know, it's, I don't, it's not worth it. He goes over to that same tree the last time that um, they were really together besides mm-hmm. the gas station and sees those coins still there. The last thing that she touched and he touched and he put it right there. Mm-hmm. He looks at it and then in his mind, it's like, you know what, it's worth it. Whatever it is that she had to go through and experience, whatever it was that happened to her, it's worth it. You know, mm-hmm. I would if I have to die, if I have whatever is about to happen, then... I can't live the rest of my life not knowing. Yeah. It's just it would it, it would be death to continue on for the next thirty years of my life wondering what happened to mm-hmm. it. You know, so he decides to to drink Take it to drink to drink the drink. He gets inside the car, and the next scene that you see is uh, a, a casket with a sh- in a, sh- a shallow grave mm-hmm. with a casket inside of it and dirt being thrown on top of it, and uh, we get something from. Um, I like Kill Bill. I guess this is what it's referenced from. Yeah. The um, he's inside of the coffin, tight coffin, and flicking a, 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 lighter. a lighter, and he's, he understands his circumstances. You yeah. know, he's like, I put myself in this situation, like fuck. Yeah. You know? And 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 I'm not I'm not saying I don't get all of that. I saw all of that. I appreciate you just didn't relate to you, you didn't. You know. I just I genuinely there was no um, there was no tension. Mm. There was no emotional connection to any of these people for me. Mm. And, like, the person that I had the most emotional connection to was, was Rex. Rex, mm. and they took that away from me 20 minutes into the movie. Right. Like, like, 40 minutes into the movie. That went away immediately. Mm. So, like, I, I didn't care. The mystery is, like, after I found out that he was buried alive, I was like, ah, oh, cool. She was buried alive, too. It wasn't, like, a, an amazing romantic movie for you? No. I took it as, like, one of the better romances I've no, seen. No. It was stupid. The romance was stupid. It was just like, is oh, good. Now you're dead. She's dead. I mean, it's now it's, you're dead. What? Good job. I just didn't. I didn't care. <laughs> I mean, that's you don't find that romantic at all, though. Do you not? You're not like a fan of like Romeo and Juliet type things. No, I think it's dumb. Oh, I love yeah. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I mean, that's... I think I like the story of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I think it's a stupid fucking story. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the ultimate love story. Yeah, I mean, nah. I, I, I love love stories like that. When you when you love something so much that you'll die for it. And and that's that's what he he loved her so much that he was willing to die for her. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet they loved each other so much they were willing to die. It's like I don't I don't like sappy love stories to where y'all get to come together and everybody's happy happy ending. Yeah. Like no, this is the ultimate ending of love. For me, that's a, like like that's a sappy ending of a romance. It's just a tragic sappy ending. 
sappy as death? Yeah, like it's a tragic, it's a sappy ending. It just happens sappy? to be a tragedy. I don't yeah. know if that's sappy. Like it's it's nowhere like, like that kind of ending is nowhere near like sap- reality. Sappy would be like the 1993 version of this movie to where I they um never saw it. They they bury the, the guy gets buried alive, mm-hmm. but then the um if if we're talking about the 1988 version, Rex gets buried alive, but he's still dating the brunette, mm-hmm. and the brunette comes and saves him before he dies of suffocation inside the thing. That's sappy. For me, that's just like <laughs> happy sappy, you know. But there's like for me, there's a thing that's tragic sappy, or maybe tragic cheese. Except, I guess that's what I'm looking for. Sappy, they, they're saying excessively sentimental. Yeah, it can be tragic. It can be happy. I, I don't feel like that's sentimental. Dying. <laughs> I know? mean, no, no, no. You can you can have a tragic, sentimental end, okay. like. I think it's sentimental. I just yeah. don't, I don't agree with the word sappy. Uh, right. Yeah, well, that's, let, let's use sentimental. Very sentimental. All right. Yes. This is a sentimental ending. Yes. But it's also a tragic ending. Yes. And I don't necessarily like tragic endings when mm. they're that sentimental. All right. I want my tragedy to be a little bit more grounded to reality. I want a little bit of tension in my fucking tragedy. Mm. I want to care about the people that are going through the tragedy. Mm. I don't... Like, if we're, if we're referencing Shakespeare, I think the perfect tragedy for me is Hamlet. Mm. Because I have an emotional stake... With every character that matters in that story. All right. But in, in, like in this movie, it's just like the emotional thread that I had with Rex went away. Mm. I didn't care about the sociopath enough to like, you know, even remotely care why he became a sociopath. Mm. They don't even really tell you why or what happened or like he was just kind of born that way. And then he explored the idea as a kid. And then he wanted, I wanted to prove that I couldn't do anything like that. I couldn't do anything evil so that I would be a true hero whatever, and then he did something evil, and it's just like, your motivations make sense, I don't care about them. You know, that was kind of my, my, whole, my whole thread about this movie. Everything made sense, mm-hmm. I didn't care about it. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what to say to that. Then. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, apple pie is good, I understand you, I don't want it. You know? <laughs> it's yeah. it's kind of right. like that, I just don't like, I, I don't like tragic, what the fuck, I don't like tragic, sappy endings or sentimental endings. I mean, uh, I, I, besides this movie, I mm-hmm. feel like we do have to figure out why is it that you are not enjoying the best movies that are... That, that people we, think they're the best fucking movies Not, not, pe- not people, not people, because people are dumb. Like, whatever, yeah. People are dumb. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying the people that it is their job to watch all the best movies, yeah. and we've decided that there needs to be a collection that we've... Me and you have decided yeah, to... We have, yeah, that the, decided, yeah, That we both agree the Criterion Collection has a collection of great, timeless movies. Yeah. But for some reason, you do not like these movies. Because <laughs> I, I, under- <laughs> I understand that they're meant to be, like, culturally significant, and the best movies that are that are in in our culture, yeah, and, and I get that, and I and I know that there's stuff to learn from them, yeah. But like I just like a lot of them just genuinely, and this is gonna sound, I don't know if like the irony in the statement is that by saying this I sound more pretentious than what I'm saying. All right. But like I feel like a lot of these movies are pretentious art house bullshit. Oh no, I'm I'm done. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, because like what? Some of them are like a lot of the, a lot of those movies are like 400 Blows. I get it's a French New Wave movement, but I can't disassociate the feeling from pretentiousness art house filmmaking. I, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm oh man. I'll, no, we we can definitely. I I want to explore this. Like, I want to explore this. Uh, there's there's a guy Dan Kava. Like I've been yeah. wanting Dan Kava on here for a while. Like. We got to get Dan Cobb on. Yeah, yeah. I, I, because this calling 400 blows a pretentious art house bullshit, like some, like I, I'm not gonna get get through to you that you know these. Like things I, I'm not are saying. Worth. Listen, I'm not saying. I'm saying that this movies feel like that, and like mm-hmm. because of that, I just don't. You can tell the difference though between bullshit and truth though. Like I know they're good movies. Yeah. I know they're well made, and they like within their their respective movements, they have something to say mm-hmm. about the culture that they were made in. 
I just don't, I just don't find them engaging or entertaining. All right. Yeah. Like, I recognize the quality of them. Yeah. And I recognize what they do for culture. And I recognize that they're significant. Yeah. But there's a lot of criteria movies that are good. Like, gen- or like, uh, yeah, yeah. Citizen Kane. I don't know if that's a criteria movie, actually. Yes, definitely. Uh, but Citizen Kane should be there. I think American Psycho is a criteria movie. Maybe. Uh, like, there's plenty of movies that are in the criterion list. Like, mm. uh, Moon- was Moonlight Kingdom a criterion? Or is it Fantastic? That's too soon. Fantastic too soon. Mr. Fox. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, I know that's a good there. criteria movie. Mm. Uh, like there's plenty criteria movies that I enjoy, mm. but a lot of these criteria movies that take place like like I feel like the range from like the 1940s to like the 1980s or early 90s, mm. just fall into this category of like trying to be metaphorical without really saying anything, mm. and and that bothers me immensely. I feel like like if you have nothing to say in your movie, don't make a movie. You, know? you, don't, you don't think they were saying anything in, in these movies? It feels like they're not saying anything. But they are though. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I think there's, there's just a, a disconnect. Like, as soon as, like, the plug goes into the socket, I feel like you're going to go back and watch these movies differently. Because the, uh, it's like you're, you're super intelligent, and these yeah. movies are watched by the most intelligent of, like, of moviegoers. Yeah. You know? And it, it's like you cannot like them, and I can never just, like, no. go against your opinion and be like, you should like these movies. Like, no, you don't have to like these movies. Right. You know, but it's just, like, in watching them, like... I, I learn like about how to make movies the right way. No, and, and you do that. You movies. can definitely do. It's that. like this is how you this is how you make good cinematography. This is how you do good writing. This is good storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, every there's not one Criterion movie to where you'd be like, well, the storytelling was bad. This is bad. This is bad. Like they're put into the Criterion collection because over a time of 10, 20, 30, 40, and fifty years, the most intelligent of moviegoers have pick this apart. So yeah. like anything that's just like faffy and pretentious and just like outhouse bullshit is already gone. You know, it never even made the list. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, mean, I, I would, I would, I'd be willing to like do a thing to where it's like pick 10 movies that are in yeah. the Criterion collection that you think of just like are faffy bullshit that, that are pretentious that people just put up there to pretend like they know about movies. Right. You know, and, and then we can, you know what I'm saying? But I just don't think anything in the Criterion collection that I've seen so far is like, Bullshit. Here's the thing. They might not be faffy, art house, pretentious bullshit. Yeah. But there's a there's a connotation that I have mm-hmm. with those movies and faffy, art house, pretentious bullshit mm. that I can't get rid of. Okay. So like 400 Blows, it might it might it, it I hate that I hate that movie with a passion. I right. hate 400 Blows. Hate. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> I did not enjoy a single second of that That's, fucking movie. All right. Uh, and like the more time that passes, the more I hate it. Mm. <laughs> Uh, and but I recognize that it did amazing things for a cinematic movement, the yeah. French New Wave movement, specifically. Like it did all of that, mm-hmm. but I still think it's a pretentious movie. It's a mm-hmm. pretentious art house movie. All right. Uh, like Solaris is a movie that's pretentious art I house. Just, I just watched that. I did not like yeah. Solaris, and I don't blame you. And I really don't blame you. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Uh, Solaris I didn't know that was Criterion, though. Uh, I don't know if it's. I didn't know it was Criterion. When I don't I watched know it. I just watched a couple. Of um, but Solaris, it's a pretentious art house movie. Mm-hmm. It really is. But it has some charm to it that makes me disconnected from that pretentious art house film. Uh, and and there's, something, there's something that those movies don't have that Solaris did have. You, you did like Solaris? I did. I love Solaris. I felt I, like that's the kind of movie that I thought was like pretentious art house. I want to look it up and see if that is Criterion because that would mean, that would be the hypocrisy of me watching something, yeah. thinking that it's pretentious art house, and then actually being on the Criterion. You know, <laughs> yeah. that would, you know, kind of go against and I'll, I'll, We'll look it up on the break yeah. for sure. But like, Solaris is a movie that. I know I would classify it as pretentious art house bullshit. For yeah, sure. okay, yeah, yeah. I you would. See, I can admit the, that. You see all the camera movement bullshit. It's like yeah. it, it reminded me of like a um, 
um, what's what's the monster? A uh, Cloverfield, the first Cloverfield. It's like um, you don't get to see the monster. Are you talking about Solaris nineteen seventy two? No, I'm talking about the one Jared Leto. No, no, no. I'm talking about 1972 no, 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 Solaris. No, 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 no. I'm thinking about the movie Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. No, not I'm Solaris. Talking, Solaris is Different 1972. Movie. I'm sorry. Solaris is the West <laughs> movie. Uh, Solaris is the Russia's version of the 2001 Space Odyssey. Okay. Uh, so, like, Solaris is a, definitely, like, an art house, faffy, philosophical movie. Yeah. Right? Uh, and sort of, like... That's the know, movie get, I saw. Get, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm talking Solaris, uh, 1972. I'm sorry, I have nothing on that. I'm uh, sorry. Directed by uh, Tarkovsky, I think that's his name. Okay. Andrei Tarkovsky. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's just movies that are that, mm. that I connotate as like pretentious bullshit okay. that I enjoy. All right. But there just happens to be a lot more movies that I connotate with that that I extremely disdain. Because they do things like try pseudo-metaphorical concepts, like the golden egg bullshit that mm. comes back once in the movie. Twice in the middle, like once in the, mo- in the middle of the movie, mm. and then once in the end of symbolism. The only reason mm. that fucking golden egg thing exists in this movie mm. is so they can have like, oh, the golden eggs came together and it was all over. Symbolism. Yay. That's what that mm. felt like to me. Fucking hated it. I don't give a shit. Tell me the people that died. Like, give me the story of the people that died. Mm. Don't eat the golden egg bullshit. It was a good way to set up that maybe she's afraid of being fucking lonely I mean, and buried in the dark. That was nice. It That's conceptually terrifying. It made it but better for you, but it's like amongst like the the so many people that loved it, it would have made it worse for us though. You know, like I didn't love it. You know what I'm saying? But like the, the all right, the movie got put in Criterion because there was a lot of people that decided that this movie right. you know was done the right way. So if we changed that movie to like appease the things that you would have enjoyed, then I think it would have taken it away for like people like myself. From, I'm not I'm not saying change the movie. Mm. I'm just saying like those are the things that I didn't like about this movie. That, that's why they didn't work for me. Okay. Like the movie as, a, as as it is right now, sure, it's a fucking movie. I don't want to change it. Yeah. I never want to change a movie. Mm. But I do like analyzing why I didn't like those things. Mm. And I'm not saying I have a better solution yeah. as to why that, that like as to like how that thing should be changed. Mm. But I'm saying like that golden like golden egg bullshit why uh, the the fucking the the like twenty five minute card drive scene where we were hearing all about this the the sociopath yeah the, all right that was good information yeah. that was entertaining information an yeah. interesting conversation yeah uh, why didn't it happen like earlier or like why didn't I get more information like this at the beginning of the movie or like why didn't I get like little tidbits of that throughout the entire movie instead mm. of like an entire twenty block scene mm. you know like there's just like tiny little things that just like. I'm forced to sit to 25 minutes of boredom at a time to get to 30 minutes of interesting content, mm. to sit through 25 minutes of more boring content, to get to 10 minutes of interesting content. I agree. I agree with this. Yeah. Like I, I 100% agree with that. It, it, it just reminds me of like most of the Criterion movies you watch. Like I'm not entertained yeah. for the most part Nothing at all. until like the second watch because the information that you're giving me is not anything that I can engage with in the first 30 minutes of this, 45 minutes of this. Yeah. Like I can't engage with this information. Uh, it's not until like knowing that what happens at the end and seeing all these things and then looking back on it, then I'm like, oh, okay, I can see where you planted these things. I just, I, I like movies with the end in mind. Like you can't, there's no way you can possibly like catch all the entire movie the first way or go around. With this yeah, and, but I think that like if you're, if, if you're delivering information in a movie, there's always, a, there can never be or there never should be a moment where the audience for 30 minutes mm. has just like, why do I care? Not in, not in a blockbuster movie. Like yeah. you can, not you in any movie. Any movie. I disagree. I don't care. In any movie. Disagree. There should never be a moment where 30 minutes of my time is spent me going like, do I care about this? Mm. You know, that should never happen. I mean, that, that's, that's, uh, that's a bit subjective. 
You think well, that's a bit? You know what I'm saying? It's like I don't, I don't see why. Why does why does a movie get away? Like at one point, does a movie get away with 30 minutes of boring content? Um, I like boring is based on the person. It's like you might have been bored for 30 minutes. Another person might. Were you been... entertained at the entire runtime of this movie? No, definitely not. What what moments did you find boring? The entire movie. So why does it get away with that? Because it, it, it's, it's showing perfection. Like in, in every single avenue, it's showing this is how you do cinematography correctly. So every time that I'm looking on the screen and showing, like, all right, there's, there's a scene to where, um, where the killer is at home and he's about to go sit down with his, his wife and tell her that story. Mm-hmm. Cinematography is great. They start the camera over by the window and fo- focusing on the wife. The husband walks past the camera, goes to sit down, and then we slowly zoom in on the wife and she has like two cans of jelly. Yeah. You know, that just, I mean, it's just... The cinematography in every single scene to was like, I can't take anything away from that. So it's just, I guess just from watching movies my entire life, I get more entertainment from other things that aren't the, the story. The, the thing is, and, and like, know? I get what you're saying, but I also get entertainment from noticing the value of the cinematography, the sound editing, the color correction, like all of that. And they look nice, but they're not pieces that work independently of each other. They work. They all work together. They all yeah, have to. Work they together. all have to work yes. together. So when I'm bored for thirty minutes mm. because the story's garbage, <laughs> at one point of the movie, I'm not talking about this movie in particular. I'm no, saying. I'm saying like it. It, it, it seems like I can even agree that the story does seem kind of garbage in the first thirty minutes. Yeah. But it's like after watching it and going back, that I'm like, this isn't garbage. This is like useful information well, that well, I really the, need. I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm not talking about just this movie. At yeah. this point, like, like let's, any hypothetical movie that has like a great cinematography, great sound editing, great sound design, and whatever, yeah. and great color correction. Yeah. But the movie's crap. Mm. Everything that looks good is, is serving a crappy story. I immediately don't care if it looks that great. I can't think of any examples like that, though. I, you know, like usually yeah. when you have a team that, that does everything that well, you're not going to get one aspect of a movie that's just shit. You know? I guess, like, I don't know, it's 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 a complicated feeling to get, but I don't think any movie mm. should get away with thirty minutes of boring content. Not alone an hour and forty five minutes of boring content. I think it's kind of dependent on the person. It's like what what I, what one person considers boring, another person considers interesting. Yeah, I guess you know? the the, uh, the the bottom line for this movie for me is that I was extremely underwhelmed. Mm. I didn't think it was a particularly horrible film. Yeah, but it was just a sense of underwhelmingness mm. throughout the entire thing. Uh, there was there was not as much tension as I would have liked. There mm. was not as much character as I would have liked. Mm. Uh, I didn't care as much about the sociopaths as I would have liked. Right. They didn't care about Saskia as much as I would have liked. Okay. I didn't care about any of the people as much as I would have liked. Mm. And I wanted to like this movie because it is a great idea. Mm. And the concept at the end gets really interesting yeah. when it's the, the, the guy that's suffering because of what this guy did and the killer yeah. in a car having a conversation about why it happened, why is he like this. Yeah. That is a great idea. It's yeah. a great concept generally the most entertaining moments of the movie that was like the most entertaining half hour of the movie is that drive yeah but like besides that there's just nothing that builds up to that builds up to it like there's no emotional build up to that Mm. it just kind of happens the dude's paranoid the sociopath is a sociopath Mm. it's just kind of it is what it is and i was just extremely underwhelmed uh i feel like just like with any any criterion is just Got give it a second watch. I'm not asking you to watch it again, yeah. <laughs> you know. But it's just like if you watch it, like I don't, I, I don't think I've gotten any Criterion movie the first time around. That might just mm-hmm. go from my intelligence level of not being able to get it the first time around. Right. But a lot of the time with these Criterion movies, you're getting information that seems like a drag and boring and not useful at all, you know, to my enjoyment experience, you know, while watching it. But then when I go back, 
you know, and watch it again, then I get to see how all of those things affected the ending yeah. of the movie. And that may be and, true. And I care more at that point. Yeah. And too. that may be true, but there's movies that I've watched one time, and for example, great. Solaris. Yeah. I watched that movie one time and I got exactly what the movie was about. John Wick. Too. I knew what it was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I, 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 at one point, I, like, in Solaris, there was mm-hmm. no point where I was going like, well, this is boring. Yeah. And had no reason to like say, like, oh, this is boring. And there's nothing else happening. Yeah. Like there were conversations in Solaris that were genuinely boring. It's mm. a chore of a movie to walk through. Yeah. But the philosophical concept of that movie is so prevalent mm. that you're immediately interested in finding out what happens next. So you push through that boring dialogue. And I think that's a case when I hate that the movie has 30 minutes of boring content, mm. but I enjoy what it does for the overarching philosophical concept of the movie. Yes. Uh, uh, a lot of the times when a movie has 30 minutes of boring content, mm. that doesn't happen. Mm. There's just not enough intrigue in the concept of the movie yeah. for, to justify that boringness and dryness. Mm. You know, And I, I feel like that was ultimately the problem that I had with this movie, The Vanishing. Do you believe that the juice was worth the squeeze? That, um, that the effort that you had to go through to get to the ending, was it worth... No. no? For this movie, no. All right. Yeah. For Solaris, I would say yes. For this movie, I no. All right. Yeah. I was just like, like I said, just complete underwhelmed. Hey, all yeah. right. <laughs> what would you, what would you give this movie? Um, do 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 do. Eight point four. Eight point four. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go seven. Yeah. <laughs> I was, right. I was, I, it was good, like, but I was like, just underwhelmed. We still, I still don't know what your grading level is. Like seven is if like you think this is a seven movie, or like seven is like your favorite type of thing. No, no, no. Seven, I think, is a, is a, it's an above-average movie. No, no. That it was I, mean, I mean, like, say, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, not, not saying what you want to watch again, mm-hmm. but just, like, you see how the movie was made, and if you were Rotten Tomatoes yourself, and you were saying, this is the rating for this movie, it would be, like, a seven or something? Yeah. It would be the equivalent of a Z, of a, of a C for me. Like, the gray would be the Ooh. equivalent of a C. Yeah. yeah. Like, sheesh. Yeah. I know it's harsh. And I, and I, and I, I really want to explore why the fuck I watch criteria movies all the time. Mm. And I just like, oh, this is fucking boring. Yeah. Uh, like, I really, I really fucking want to know. Because it happens consistently every time I watch a Criterion Collection movie. Mm. I think there's been three Criterion Collection movies that I've genuinely really, really, really loved. Yeah. Uh, that I've seen. But otherwise, I can find the value in like, them. I, I, want someone, I, love them. I, I want someone that, like... I was saying Dan Kava, but and I hope you listen. But yeah. just like listen to his podcast, he'll break down things like this, but not in the way that I want on the podcast. He'll be mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, well, you didn't you didn't get it because you don't under, understand art, you right. know. And it's like I'm not having that, you know. It's just <laughs> like he'll be like, okay, like oh, you're not gonna tell me that I don't understand art, you know, in, yeah. in a movie. But if we can have someone break down why this movie is a Criterion movie and the things that should be enjoyed from it, regardless if you enjoyed or not, yeah. but the things that should be enjoyed from it, you know, that's I, I would like to, I would like that. I, it would be an interesting like study, yeah. So like of Criterion movies, yeah. Because I, I there's some that I genuinely enjoy, but there's a lot that genuinely just like yeah. It just there, there's I don't, a distinct. I don't think you're, you're not alone in that. I mean, yeah. Devin was talking about that last week. Yeah. you know, it's like you're not alone. But I, but I also think that me and Devin are like part of like that unapologetic filmmaking mm. uh, mentality. So like like we, we want sort of truth in writing, and we want it present on camera at all times. Yeah. And a lot of the Criterion collections have truth in writing, mm. but they're a little bit more hidden and they're yes. a little bit more compact. That's that's the more of my style. Yeah, and <laughs> and I don't like I want like I want the filmmaker to tell me what he wants to say. Yeah. 
don't make me I, w- I want the audience to take what they want from it instead right, of yeah. me telling you this is what this is mm-hmm. I, i'm more for ambiguity i yeah i want the filmmaker because because if you're making a movie in my opinion you have something to say you have yes. a message to say yes and that message is hitting in those criterion movies collections yeah but like i i, I want to hear the filmmaker say it through the movie i, I don't want that yeah i mean yeah just different opinion mm-hmm. uh but yeah uh give it a seven all right it's just yeah we're going to cut and then we'll back to television and movie players. Yeah. There's like the amount of hate that I have for the fucking movie for Blows wow. is, is, is pretty big. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fucking big. Mm. Yeah. It, and like, I can't just the like newsroom. You like the newsroom. The newsroom, the newsroom. The newsroom. Was, was that called new, news radio? Newsroom? Oh, with, uh, with uh, fucking the uh, lady that falls in love. Uh, with a reporter and like the other guy that suddenly feels like he deserves the three characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Criterion. You that was good. Going. That was a good movie. Yeah. You like two Criterion so yeah, far? Yeah, there we go. It's ah, like two so far. It's not like I loved them either. So yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but again, the thing about those movies is that they are more focused. They mm. they are definitely more to a point instead yeah. of just kind of like a blunderbuss. Yeah. Of information. Yes. But uh, it makes me feel smart. No. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 for real, like when, when the director like gives you the message and everything is in a line, like I follow it a lot easier right. and I'm much more entertained because I know what everything should be mm-hmm. and that fits for me. But it's like when there's ambiguity and everything is kind of a nebulous and all over the place and I have to figure out what this means to me and what this means to me is just so many different ideas to where I can come away from the movie and then have a conversation with somebody and they got a completely different movie than I seen from it, you know, but like the straightforward movies, either you've seen it that way or you're dumb. dumb. And, but the fun of, the fun of it is a lot of the straightforward movies, there's still room for that wiggle, that wiggle room of thought. That still exists. Yes. But there's definitely a clear message that, that exists. Yeah. Kind of like Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man's a pretty straightforward movie. Yeah. Uh, but there's... Underlying different stories, yeah. Yeah, underlying different stories. Yeah. But there's... there's Someone watched the movie and thought that it was about a man coming out as transgender. Mm. And you were like, oh, fuck, I wouldn't have fucking thought of that. Mm. So, like, that wiggle room does exist, but yeah. it, it just... Uh, it's such a fucking... Like, the, the nebulousness and the ambiguity yeah. of movies yeah. it bothers me immensely because I already have a thousand fucking ideas floating in my head. Mm. I, let me follow an emotional thought. That's how Tessa is. Yeah. She was like, no, I, I, I could deal with bullshit in real life. Yeah. Like, don't make me figure <laughs> something out in an area that I'm supposed to be having fun and enjoying myself. Right. Uh, I, uh, that's kind of how I feel about it, too, in, in a way. But anyway, fucking television and movie premieres. Uh, this week in television and movie premieres starting Tuesday, August the 15th through Monday, August the 21st. Uh, the first one is Friday, August the 18th. Marvel's The Defenders. Oh, shit. That comes out already? Already. The Defenders is Fuck, out. Fuck. I haven't caught up with, like... Daredevil or or uh, fuck Iron Fist. You've seen Jessica Jones. I've well, seen you've Jessica seen, Jones. You've seen some. You've seen all of Cage, didn't you? I see. I saw. Yeah, I finished Location yeah, a week. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Jones in two days. Yeah. Uh, I've seen. I've seen, I've seen three except uh, season two of Daredevil and Iron Fist. And Iron Fist, yeah. yeah. Uh, Which I didn't care for Iron Fist. I, 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 I'm not watching Iron Fist. Yeah. Not going to do that. No. But uh, I've seen the rest of them. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to Marvel's The Defenders. Yeah. I want to um, see Jessica Jones again is really what I'm, what I'm looking forward to. Luke Cage for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm into it. But that's, so that's Friday, August the 18th, Marvel's The Defenders. It's a drama that's going to be on Netflix. Nice. Uh, next thing is Sunday, August the 20th. Uh, a show called Episodes. Uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, that's the name of the show. It's episodes. What a bunch of assholes. Yeah. Hey, have you seen episode episode one? No. Nah. Fuck you. <laughs> it's from uh, Matt LeBlanc. He played Joey and Friends. Yeah, I know who he is. Oh yeah, yeah. He um, but yeah, it's like season four, maybe even season five of this show. It's uh, it's a comedy on Showtime. It starts at 10 p.m. on Sunday, August the 20th. 
So um, it's a decent enough show. Nice. That's our second, right? Yeah. Cool. Uh, the next thing is Survivor's Remorse. It's going to be the same day, Sunday, August the 20th. It's a comedy on Stars at 10 p.m. Uh, Survivor's Remorse is the um, a television show loosely based on LeBron James's life. Okay. Um, Mike Epps used to be on the show. Um, What's it called Survivor's Remorse? Did he go through like some traumatic shit um, when he was a kid? Just, just being a kid and being like growing up poor and in poverty, and then you're the one person that can rise out of it, okay. and you can't like take everybody with you. You just look back and you see. You know, uh, okay, I, I, I feel you. You have remorse for being the survivor. That's uh, the survivor's guilt. Yeah. 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 Um, the next thing is uh, the same day. Uh, it's going to be Sunday, August the twentieth. I was like begging for this show on Twitter, and I'm I'm sure it has. Wait, nothing sorry. To do before with we move on, is mm-hmm. the the LeBron show fictional or is it more biopics? Like, uh, it's it's fictional but loosely based okay. on his life. Yeah. Cool. I guess you said that. Sorry. No, I mean, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, um, the um, the next show. Like, I, I was on Twitter like some years ago, and even up until recently, and on the on the podcast too. Talking about, I want this show back called Supermarket Sweep. It, oh, yeah. Remember, remember that? that yeah. Guy Fieri? Guy Fieri has it yeah. now. He made the show. <laughs> it's, it's called Guy's Grocery Game Superstars. Yep. I could not fucking believe it is here. So it was uh, Sunday, August the 20th. Guy's Grocery Game Superstars, a reality show on the Food Network at 8 p.m. People give Guy Fieri a lot of shit. That is one of the most genuine dudes that I've seen on telly in a long time. Like, if you see Guy Fieri, that's fucking Guy Fieri. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, I like Guy Fieri. He, he's, he's pretty dope. He's pretty dope. Flavored Town. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite, I don't know if I said this before, one of my favorite Guy Fieri jokes mm-hmm. is that if, I saw a Tumblr post and I was talking about like if Guy Fieri was depressed and he mm-hmm. was about to kill himself, yeah. he'd like take a bullet and dip it in barbecue sauce and load it in the gun and says, one last trip to Flavored Town. Nice. <laughs> I've seen the one, you seen the one where they're making fun of white people with him? There was like a, when a white person puts seasoning on, one piece of salt. <laughs> On there, call that seasoning. I'm going to Flavortown. <laughs> like, have a pinch of salt. I fucking love it. <laughs> Flavortown. But um, I, I was watching like a, like a commercial or like a, a clip from uh, Guys Grocery Games, and it reminded me it, it, the same thing of the, uh, the supermarket sweep. And this is the thing. All right, so they'll have like a monitor up there, and it'll be three pictures. Mm-hmm. One of them, for example, it showed a rib cage. It showed an eyeball, and it showed like a steak, like driving with a steak, um, mm-hmm. like vampire steak type right. thing. So a wooden steak. Yeah, like wooden steak. Yeah. So um, so you're seeing those three pictures. You know, the rib cage, eyeball, steak, and you're supposed to figure out what is what is this supposed to mean, and where can you find this item inside the grocery store? Right. You know, so. It doesn't matter how smart you are on this show. It matters how athletic and fast and ruthless you are. Because, yeah. all right, so say say I seen that rib cage and the eyeball and the steak, and I didn't know that, that meant ribeye steak, and I should go run and go get the ribeye steak and bring it back. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to wait until one person figures it out, and then I'm going to go chase after them and follow them. Yeah. And whatever they pick up, I'm going to pick that up. And as they're running, I'm going to trip that ass and make sure they don't get through. You know what's really funny? Mm-hmm. You said ribeye steak. I had no idea it was ribeye steak that's what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. it's like I, I, I wouldn't have to know that either yeah. as long as there's somebody that knows what it is I'm just gonna follow off you and then make sure you lose <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a strategy yeah it's a strategy it used to work in the old times <laughs> you know um, but that, that's it for television though um, movies uh, say what's coming as something good not really uh, first movie is called Lemon uh, 83 minute runtime. it's a comedy drama 72 meta score uh, says a, a man watches his life unravel after he is left by his girlfriend of 10 years. Huh. Uh, let's see. It stars Judy Greer. Michael Sarah's in it. Michael Sarah. I like Michael Sarah. Mm. Yeah, that'd be all right. Cool. Uh, next thing is Logan Lucky. 
Logan, you know, I, I got excited mm. for some heard, reason. Heard Logan. I heard Logan. I was like, oh, fuck, Hugh Jackman's back? Nope. Where is he? He's like, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Logan Lucky is rated PG-13, 119-minute runtime, comedy, crime, drama, 81 Metascore. Two brothers attempt to pull off a heist during a NASCAR race in North Carolina. That should have been called Lucky Logan. I don't care what they say. Logan Lucky, Lucky Logan, yeah. Logan Lucky. Yeah. Should have been called Lucky Logan. The alliteration rolls off the tongue better with a Lucky Logan. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. so okay. race car in North Carolina, Taft. NASCAR in North Carolina, yeah. Nice. Direct Director, Steven Soderbergh. Steven, oh, Steven Soderbergh. That Have is, I liked his stuff before? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I don't want to look it up yet, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Steven Soderbergh, he's directing it. Um, inside the movie is Daniel Craig, Channing Tatum, and Sebastian Stan. Nice. Channing Tatum had a, has a weird career. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's, oh, he's on this show called um, Comrade Detective on Hulu. Yeah. I was, oh, oh, no, I'm sorry, Amazon. I was talking about a couple weeks ago that it was weird that so many um, actors have chosen to team up on one show on Amazon instead of on Netflix. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So me and Tesla, we watched some of Comrade Detective. Is it good? No. <laughs> Brian, it's the worst, man. You know how, how, how I'm like, even if I'm watching something, if I'm reading something, if I don't like it, I kind of got to power through. Yeah. You know? And no, I, there was no powering through no, this. No, you cut that shit off immediately. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it, this is how bad it is, that the next time I see Channing Tatum's name attached to something, I'm thinking twice and three times. Oh, really? Yes. God damn. Because, like, where, where, where was your antennas when, when, you, <laughs> when, you, when you got the script for this comrade detective and you decided this was a good idea? So now I'm just questioning. To be fair, it might be one of those, one of those scripts where it's like, if you make this will give you money to make another project in the future that's possible yeah but but now it's like your name is uh, attached to something that is not good Pretty at garbage. all yeah. yeah so it's like that's that's in my mind now i mean it's uh, it's unfortunate i don't blame you yeah, but, um, blame you. yeah that's uh logan lucky hopefully that's pretty good uh the next thing is the hitman's bodyguard oh with brian reynolds and sam jackson see that's yeah. i think it's a bit um it's a bit misleading because what? Sam Jackson is on the cover of the movie. Mm-hmm. Sam Jackson is on all the commercials for the movie. But as the listed stars, he's not one of the tertiary stars. Like, he's not the top he's not three. Like a, not oh. top four. I, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess that's weird because he's in a lot of the promotional material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I guess that happens when you get fucking Sam Jackson in your movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's fucked up. Like, man, uh, have you noticed on Netflix how um, they'll they'll put the cover, the, the face of the most popular person on the cover of the movie? Yeah. Like, regardless of whose movie it is. Right. Like, on on Jackie Brown, it used to be Pam Greer was on the cover now of Jackie Sam Brown. Jackson. And then it used to be Sam Jackson was on the cover. And now it's Robert De Niro. Oh, really? A tertiary character. He's not the main character or a secondary character of this movie. Huh. You know, but he's he's the biggest face or whatever, the biggest name. That's and fucking weird. And they're doing that with all kinds of movies and shows. The show, the, the movie Mean Girl, Lindsay Lohan, you know, that's a, her star yeah. movie, the biggest movie for her. She's not on the cover because she's a nobody now. She's a, uh, uh, let me guess, they put Tina Fey in the cover No, nope. uh, that yeah. was not surprising. They didn't put Tina Fey. That is yeah, right. Because Tina Fey is like, a, like pretty big right now. Yeah. They, they put the, um, I can't think of her name. She's. Um, the blonde girl? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever her name is. Yeah. Well, See, that, I don't <laughs> like when I watch a movie on Netflix. I, I feel really shitty because I should pay attention to all the marketing bullshit. Mm. But I was just like, I just read names. I don't look at anything else except the name. And mm. they're like, oh, name A. That's that's what I want. That's what I want. I mean, the first thing you yeah. see is a picture, though. Nah, not really. I I just I look at the name. <laughs> There's no name before though. Uh, yeah. When the na- well, I don't like pay attention to anything else. I like you know what I'm saying. Click it's on the like, thing. Like Netflix with Hot American Summer. Like I don't know who's in this, but I can I watch see it the on pictures. Xbox a lot. Maybe that's different. No, it's not. It's not. I got. I watch it on Xbox too. Like you can't. You can't get to the names until you like hover over the picture. Oh, well, I guess that's what I do. 
Yeah. I don't even. I just like hover over. I'm yeah. always looking at one spot on the screen. Yeah. It's like I'm. I'm not. I'm not even gonna hover over something unless I see somebody that I'm. You know, want to see. Oh uh, no, I'm one of those assholes that's like click, 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 click. On oh, everything. Click, click. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah. Like I, I click everything, and like if there's a name that sounds interesting, then I go like, all right, what is this about? Mm. But then I just click, 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 click. Sheesh. Yeah. That's uh, that's a day. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking finding a movie on Netflix right now. It's difficult for me. Like I'll I'll go through and um I'll do a search. So it's like I'll search um like Robert De Niro. So mm-hmm. like anything he's ever been in, and then it's like in, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know I, what you mean. It's search by names at this point or directors and yada yada. But uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard is listed as rated R, 118 minute runtime. It's an action comedy. The world's top bodyguard gets a new client, a hitman who must testify at the International Court of Justice. They must put their differences aside and work together to make it on the trial, to make it to the trial on time. Uh, director Patrick Hughes. It stars Elodie Young, Ryan Reynolds, and Roy Hill. Huh, I'm not excited for it, but it doesn't look offensive. I'm not going to see that. Yeah, no, no, I'm, yeah, I, I'm not going to see it at all. So, did you see the Pickle Rick episode? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it. Pickle yet. Rick, it's so good. People <laughs> were talking about it on uh, on Twitter. It is so good. I laughed pretty much the entire twenty minutes. Nice. It was fantastic. Is that it for movies? That is it. Ah, God, that was a short week. That was an anticlimactic week. Almost like the ending to The Vanishing. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'll give it to you because it was funny, but the the, the ending was was good, though. (laughs) What? (laughs) That was a damn At this point, I'm just taking the piss. The twist of the ending was all right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I guess that's it for today's episode. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the underscore the FFS podcast and Facebook at the FFS podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, is st- Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes and Google Play Music app on your name for film's sake. And uh, my personal Twitter handle is at Brian Achilla. And I'm at a T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. hey. And uh, that's it for today's episode. Uh, we will see you next fucking week. Hey. Cheers. Hey.